Well, good morning, One Chapel. How are you guys feeling this morning? Oh, you guys missed up. You thought Russ was here. I said, how are you guys feeling this morning? Oh, I'll demand a response from you. It's just the way I roll. Well, my name is Dan Underhill. I am a resident campus pastor. I am not the campus pastor. Um, he's not in the room, so we can do whatever we want. Isn't that the way it goes? No, no, no. How about you guys give it up for your campus pastor, Russ Walker? Does he do a phenomenal job for you guys every week? Unbelievable what he does. Um, if you are new here, we would love to make sure we do highlight that, that connection card. Uh, there is a free coffee mug, but more importantly, we live in a world that is increasingly collecting things and not connecting with things anymore. And we need to be more connectors than collectors. Amen? So please, we would love to connect with you. We don't need anything from you. We just want to help. We want to serve. If there's anything we can do to help you, let us know. But I want to start with a prayer. Uh, I always start with this because my mind is pretty simple, and I need a little bit of help sometimes from God. How many people are a little bit simple, and you just need God's help sometimes because you just don't get it, right? Yeah, that's me. So why don't you bow your heads with me, pray. Why don't you say these words out loud with me. Say, God, help me get everything I need to get because sometimes... I don't get it. So God, help me get it and not forget it. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. Well, this week we're continuing our series called Real Relationships, and they hit these really tough subjects, and they said, hmm, we need to talk about being single and staying celibate and then just address marriages. Okay. And I think they said, hmm, Dan, you do that one right? <laughs> because I'm like, oh man, that's kind of some tough ground. But how many of you know that God has some amazing things for the single people that are in the house and for the married families in the house, right? God's got some good things, so we're going to dig in. If you don't have notes, please just put your hand up. Our ushers will get you a copy of our notes. There's a pen in the chair back behind, in front of you. You can take some notes there. Uh, but we're going to dive right into 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 11. It says this, now, for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields to his wife. Do not deprive each other, for except perhaps by mutual consent, and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Go home, put on some Barry White. We're going to close in prayer. We're done. Right now, whole front row. They're like, what's Barry White? Google it. No, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Here we go. Let's keep going. It says, now to the unmarried. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Verse 7. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift. Another has that. Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce 
his wife. Okay, whew, there's a lot in there, right? Everyone's like, be very quiet. They're like, if he's going to talk about submission, and I'm a woman, I am not listening to this one more time. And the guys are like, talk about sex, dude. Yeah, talk about that, right? Oh, wow, you guys are, you guys need to laugh at yourself, man. You really do, because listen, we're not that serious here. Okay, there is some great stuff that is in here that we need to work through and we need to talk about. Okay, whether you're single, okay, or you're married, God has a purpose and He has a plan for you, and it's important that we follow that purpose. So, in your notes, we're going to talk about Paul's first century message one devoted to Christ, not driven by desires. We need to be devoted to Christ, but not driven just by our desires. We belong to each other, okay? We don't just go after everything we desire. You see, we live in a culture today that we always want the next thing, don't we? I mean, it's, oh, this car is good. Oh, wait, but I need this new car because it has this new feature. Or, oh, we got a boat. Okay, but we need a bigger boat because this boat doesn't fill all of our friends because we got a bunch of friends. I mean, no, people that have boats, you all of a sudden you can create a bunch of friends, right? Right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this boat doesn't fit. We need a bigger boat. And then you stand up with bigger, 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 bigger. And then you find yourself frustrated and worn out because you're always chasing something bigger and better. So that's why we need to be devoted to Christ, not to our desires. Whether you're married or unmarried. And for the single people in the house, your desires need to be for God. Not, mm, I just need that boy to look at me one time kind of way and mm, my life will be great. No, it won't. Man, he can't even brush his own braces, okay? Like, he doesn't know which way is up from south and doesn't even know why are you tangled up in his world, right? It's not necessary. And for the married folk in the house, man, if I just had a marriage just like theirs, they're so perfect. I mean, she drives a Mercedes, and it is amazing. And I see him, and I, I, she goes to tennis and plays every week with her family. And if I had that, everything would be great. No, you wouldn't. You'd be fighting, You'd be fighting about the payment for the tennis lessons, okay? And angry that it's an old Mercedes, not a brand new one, okay? So we got to watch our desires and be very, very careful there. See, in marriage, we don't have the rights to our own bodies, okay? Back to our desires. Our rights, we don't have rights to our own body, not according to the scripture, not according to what we just read. There are some people like, um, it's my body, and you can't tell me what to do. It's the teenagers, because they think it's funny when a big guy does this, Right? But here's the deal. Your body is not your own. It was bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And we live in a culture that will tell you everything opposite. And the more you hear it, the more you start to believe it. And someone has to stand up and say, hey, hey, no, no. That's not how we roll. That's not the way that it works. Your body is not your own. You see, it's, it's better to stay single. If you're single now, it's better to stay that way than to settle. And if you have to update a status, you should just wait and chill, okay? Because if you're going to settle for someone who isn't really the one God's called you to be with, you're just trying to hurry up the process, you'll be desperately disappointed, okay? Because as much as he looks so fine right now and she looks so good, ready? You should see him when their makeup's off. Things change. Ladies, am I right? You know you in there trying to make it all look good, right? Do some stuff and make it right. And men, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm fine. This is the way I walk around. No, I'm totally not, you know, right? 
I mean, they got like belts and they're like strapping things in to try to, I'm amazing. (sighs) I can finally breathe again. Right? We just have to be okay with where God's called us to be and realize, look, our body's not our own, okay? We don't have to settle for second best. God has someone amazing for you. You don't have to rush the process. If you rush the process, you will ruin the product. Don't settle. Do not settle. Wait. Trusting God instead of making something happen. Whoo. Trust God. Man, I am a... I am a type A personality. If you believe in disc assessment personalities, I am the D in the D disc assessment, which means I am a bulldozer. I am a bull in a china closet. Okay? I'm going to make stuff happen. All right? Here's an example. This morning, you know what I did? I came in. I'm here early. I'm like, got to preach. Got to get ready. Make sure it's amazing. If it's not amazing, it's going to be horrible. Everybody will leave the church and nobody will ever come back. Hopefully that's not true. But I'm like, all right, we get here. I'm like, oh, no. There's no one here making coffee. Coffee is basically second to Jesus' blood in our blood to make us go to church, right? We're like, all right, we got coffee, we can do this, right? I'm like, there's nobody here. So I get in there, and I'm like, man, I'm going to start making this coffee. And I'm, I get in there, I start working, and then Max Peoples, how many of you guys know Max Peoples right here in the back of the room? He is a man among men. Max Peoples comes in, he goes, hey, Dan, what are you doing? You need a little help? And I'm like, I don't know what you just said to me. I'm from the north, <laughs> and he's like, you need help, and I'm like, yes, I do, so he's like, let me help, so we start putting the coffee out, and we start making everything, and we're just slamming everything together, and it's great, and then we look at it, and we're like, we're proud of each other, we're like, high five, we're like, yeah, we did that, then in comes in the lady who's there to make the coffee, who's signed up, who's online, who's scheduled, comes walking in, she comes in, she goes, oh, you already made the coffee, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah we did that. She's like, do you want me to fix it now? And I was like, uh-huh, yes. I mean, because it was a mess. Like, we had it like, I mean, you could get coffee, but you didn't want to get coffee, all right? And so I'm that person who's like, take control, go get it, go grab the bull by the horns. But in relationships, if you're single, that is not something you need to be. Go get, grab the bull by the horns. No, wait for God to bring the right person to you. The thing you have to focus on now is instead of looking for the right person, try being the right person. And don't be fake, because they're going to find out. Okay, they're going to realize, okay, that you have road rage at some point. (laughs) Okay, they're going to be in the car, like when my wife looked at me and was like, "Mm, mm, mm-mm, you're crazy, you're crazy. Because when I'm on the road, all of a sudden, if a car's in front of me, you heard me say this, I think I'm losing, Right? If there's a car in front of me, I'm losing. She goes, what are you losing? I'm like, I'm losing life. (laughs) Again, I'm that type A personality. That's the way my mind works. But in relationships, don't settle. Wait. God has an awesome plan for you. Listen, respond, and obey. This is a funny story. I'm going to get in a bunch of trouble here in a second. Watch this. So when we were dating, my wife and I, which God bless my wife. She's married to this. Um, and, and thank God that I have her because she's the reason why people don't get pitchforks and torches and be like, let's go get Shrek. And it's like, okay, no. She stands there and smiles and like, no, he's okay. She'll control him, right? But we were dating, and I wanted to be very, very careful, and I didn't want to settle because I had said some words to people that I really didn't mean before, like, I love you. And those words are very, very powerful. You see, keep in mind, your words have power. 
There's power of life and death in the tongue. And I'm made in the image of my creator. And my creator created by speaking things into existence. And so I said, you know, I don't know if I want to use the words I love you. I want to make sure that we're really there. And then we'll you know, do this thing. She's like, I get it. That's fine. But we're about three months in, right? And we pull into the library at Liberty University. We want to park the car. We go to the library. She's going to study. I'm going to stare at her because she's pretty. Okay? True story. And so we pull in. And she's holding my hand. She's smiling. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. She's smiling. And then she just looks up. She's like, I love you. And I'm like, oh, I love spending time with you too. And she was like, mm. Now I tell you that because it's a funny joke between us where if I say, I love spending time with you too. She's like, oh, I'm going to cut him. I'm going to cut him in his sleep or poison his food because he'll eat anything. Okay. What I wasn't willing to do was settle. Now, what I didn't do is I didn't hear from the Lord, listen, respond, and obey. She had already heard from the Lord that we were going to be married. And thank God she did because I was too dumb to hear it. But it took me a little longer to get there. But thank God I had a woman who said, no, I'm going to listen. I'm going to take time. And I'm going to not settle, but now I know. And I'm going to go after this one. So number three, uh, the kingdom first, regardless of your status. The kingdom of God first, regardless of what your status is. You know what the kingdom of God is? It's where the king's will is done. The king of kings' will is done. That's the kingdom of God. Put that far before anything else. See, if you can stay married and not embarrass the kingdom of God, then do it, okay? But let me explain to you single is not a status, it's not a status. It's supernatural. If God has called you to be single, which some of it may be seasonal for you. Some of you are in a season of singleness. Okay? That's fine. And some of you, he's called to being single. And that is a gift. And you don't have to try to change that to be something for somebody else. Let me read to you what it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 29. It says, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short for now on those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they do not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who, who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For the world in its present form is passing away. The things we get caught up in are not that relevant. These are all temporary. They're temporal. They're not going to be everything in, that we need for the rest of our lives. So we can't get hung up there. Put the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else gets added to you when you seek it first. So let's take a look at the 21st century message uh, that God has for single and married. It says this, the dignity of singleness, singleness must be recaptured as a spiritual gift. Now, just because you're single doesn't mean you have the spiritual gift of, to be single. Some of you might be single saying, hmm, single, ready to mingle. Right? And it's like, okay, ready? If, if that's how you feel and you're like, man, I just want to find somebody, that's not wrong. That's good. Don't settle and take on some relationship that will hold you down and to slow you down. But for some people, they can just, they can do this. God's given them a gift. 
And we need to stop looking at them as if they're half people. They're not incomplete. They have more time than you can imagine. And they can be far more effective than you. I have four children. I used to be a smart man. Okay? But when I tell you, sometimes we sit at the dinner table and we have to take turns taking bites or chewing or drinking something because one of our kids is going to do something incredibly stupid. And it's my job to manage my family and to lead my family. But if you are not connected and you are not, should we say, held by that, then you have more time and you can devote more time to ministry and to people who need help. Things that will last of eternal value. But there's some sort of paradigm that we've somehow let seep into our brains. That if you're not married and you don't have kids, then you're not really fulfilled. And that's not true. God can use you in an amazing way. And if God has given you a wife or a husband and children, God can use you in an amazing way. Each one has to steward the gift that God has given to them. So, number two is marriage is sacred and therefore uniquely spiritual, but is not the ultimate fulfillment of relationships. It's not. Only God can give that to us. Only God is the one who can fulfill our relationships ultimately. My wife does not complete me. She compliments me like nobody else. She is the best part of me. When you meet us, you want to talk to her first, okay? But if I begin living my life as if she completes me, and if I don't have her, I'm incomplete, then I have missed the way God has designed me to operate. It is him first, and as I surrender to him, then I get to surrender to her, and she gets to surrender to me, and it's mutual submission back and forth, trying to constantly outserve each other. What if our marriages looked like that. Let me help outserve you. How can I help? You see, my wife, again, you're going to hear this because I'm married way outside of my league. I mean, she's like NFL and I'm like out here at LTYA, okay? <laughs> but the reality is she compliments my life. And so I misunderstand things or I can misconstrue things. Sometimes in marriage, how many know you can get in a conversation and all of a sudden you're fighting with someone who you shouldn't be fighting with? This is the relationship that is key on this earth over any other relationship on this earth instead of your divine relationship. Blaring silence. Because we can often get, we can get at each other and you have to understand we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against angels and principalities and, and forces of darkness that want to tear and divide our relationships apart. And my wife has figured out great ways to slow me down when we're starting to get a little bit like this. She's like, hey, you. And it's almost like Avengers, right? Starts running her finger down my hand. The sun is going down. The sun is going down. And the Hulk is like, <sighs> <sighs> The green slowly starts coming out of my face. And I have to go find some place to put on clothes. No. <laughs> but she says these words to me. She says, I 
don't want to fight with you. It has taken us 17 years to figure out that statement. I don't want to fight with you. And when she says those words, all of a sudden, I chill out. And I recognize that the person who's behind me more than anybody else on this earth is my partner. There's nothing I wouldn't do for that woman. There's nothing that woman wouldn't do for me. And those are the kind of relationships that we have to make sure that we highlight and say, hey, look, man, marriage is sacred and uniquely spiritual. She doesn't complete me, but man, she is amazing. She makes me so much better than I am by myself. And God has given that to me. And maybe you have that as well in your marriage. And maybe there has to be some adjustments that are made inside the marriage to say, hey, I'm, I'm for you. I love you. I'm behind you. And I want you to hear from this pulpit. One chapel is for your marriage. We are for your marriage. And you can make it. You can do this. God has great things and a great plan and a great purpose for you. Don't give up. Because the reality is, there are people in this room that they will never leave each other. They never will. In the first service, my grandparents sat right over here. They celebrate 70 years married this October. They moved here from Pennsylvania when they said, oh, you're going to be planting a church? Maybe we can come and help. They're 90. <laughs> They're 90. And they want to come and help. They haven't gotten old, busted, and rusted. They stayed in the game and kept fighting for what God wants to be done in this earth. And that's what we got to be about. And I hope that I can leave the same legacy that they're leaving one day. But as they're sitting in this service, there are other people in this service. And this week might be the week that you leave. And I am here in front of you, pleading with you, praying for you, and willing to do whatever I can do to help you. Don't give up. God designed you for a purpose. And if you back out now, if you give up now, you will miss the mission that God has called you for, and you will miss out on all the things that God wants to do. Don't give up. Don't shut up. Keep praying. Keep getting on your knees in that prayer closet and saying, God, you can do something. You can make a way. Show me what I've got to do because God wants to make a way in your marriage. Now, we have to get away from the idea that I married the wrong person. We have to. The concept of I married the wrong person is not from the kingdom of God. It's from a place a little further south and much warmer than Texas. And it's hot here. We must get away from that. Compatibility, it's important, but it's not the ultimate thing in a great marriage. It's important. You should do the, do the research. Pay attention. But it's not... Once you're in there, like, I just married the wrong person. I got I, I to hit eject. No, you don't. No, you don't. Now, if there's abuse, that's a different story. And we need to talk about that. And we want to help you. But just pushing eject because I just don't think they're compatible. No. No, 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 no. Just trust me. Kelly would have been out of here years ago. She'd be like, he is crazy. <laughs> but I want to bring Ephesians 5.21 to your attention. This is what it says. 
It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it, returning it to the Father without spot or wrinkle. Men, catch my eyes for a minute. You've got a job to do. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Your job, and this is not popular in your culture to hear this, your job is to bring her back at the end of your life in better condition than you received her. That doesn't get preached anywhere. That is your job. Now, if you treat her like a job, good luck with that. But it is your honor, it is your privilege, and it is your responsibility. And if we're bold honest this morning, me first, I'm the one doing most of the wrinkling. And it's my job to bring her back without spot or wrinkle in better condition than we connected with. And God has called us as men to do that. Doesn't release women of responsibility. There's two to tango, okay? We gotta be on the same page. But men, we gotta start leading our homes better. We gotta start stepping in and saying, hey, this is my job. This is what I'm called to do. And I'm gonna surrender to Christ. And as I surrender to Christ, I'm gonna mutually submit to each other. And as we do that, watch what blossoms out of that relationship. And this is not something I have perfected, but this is something I refuse to give up on. To my dying day, I'm going to try harder. I hope, just like my grandfather, who helps my grandmother up because her knees won't get up, and he, she gets up, takes her about three minutes all the way up. She finally gets up, and then they smile. And he goes, I like you. And then he just holds her, and he just hugs her. And they're, like, they're literally like this because they can't stand up straight anymore. They've been standing up straight for so long. So long. And God has great things for you. And if you are single and you're in a season of singleness, great. You're not incomplete. If God's given you the gift, cherish that gift and get to work because there is such a mission for you. If you're married, stay on that marriage. Stay on that mission. Stay on that point because God has unbelievable things for you. I have a friend of mine who this week called me, had an unbelievable story happen to him. His name is Waylon Johnson. I'm going to have him come and share what happened to him this week. And at first glance, you might go, what does this have to do with marriage and single and celibacy? But watch. Would you guys greet Mr. Waylon Johnson, everybody? <clears throat> Dan, you'll be proud to know that I've already tested the supportive role of my marriage. From the first service, my little testimony, my wife came up to me, hugged me, said, honey, you did an okay job. You got to do it one more time. Don't mess it up. We want to come back next Sunday. So there's the support. Um, <laughs> some of you know me. Probably most of you don't in this service. Uh, I've uh, come from a Pentecostal background, raised in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday morning, works everything. And uh, went through a lot growing up in a church with a lot of worship and a lot of movement and hands and dancing and all the things that, that uh, Pentecost is known for, I guess. So I was sharing with Dan, the catalyst has been very interesting the first couple of weeks. If you've never done that, do it. Um, we opened a can of some stuff in there that we've been talking about, these, these 12 burly guys. And I've been dealing with something that I've tried to overcome, and it's like I'm just, I'm fighting myself. I'm kicking my own butt, you know, every day about this. So uh, God fixed it, and the way he fixed it is we got on a private aircraft, a, a small plane, Wednesday of this week. And we flew to Midland on a business trip, me, my son-in-law, 
and uh, a little bitty blonde-headed girl pilot that looked like my daughter. And uh, I immediately looked at her and said, how long have you been flying? She said, since I was 12. I said, okay, you look 15 now, so here we go. <laughs> and she was 37. So we flew out, we had business, and meetings went great. God blessed, it was just wonderful. We were happy, having a great day. Got back, got on the plane, and we took off. And uh, we had flown the other day, same type plane, and we were at about 7,000. Got a little bumpy, and, and there was this beautiful white V in the clouds. And she radioed in, said, I want to go to 11,000. And, I mean, she just skirted right through the V, and we topped out at 11, and life was good. And a few seconds later, I'm like, that wasn't good. That's not what you want to hear in a plane. So she began to talk to the radio tower and talk uh, back and forth, and there were, there were seven or six sticks on the dash that were white sticks, and those were the pistons, and that's to know what they're doing, and there's six pistons in a six-cylinder engine. And the number three piston just went zero, gone, blue, blown. And we start losing oil pressure, and uh, I immediately start praying, very serious prayer. And, uh, but my son-in-law and I, we don't say anything. We, we had headsets on. We could, we could talk to her. And, She's like, guys, I got this. Don't worry about it. I got it. It's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. And I sit there and literally go to war with myself. And, and the, the devil is he loves to talk to us because that's really all he can do is talk. And I'm sitting there thinking, I need to tell her where I stand on this. I need to speak up right now and profess something to her and draw a line in the sand. I need to do this for me. And I'm sitting there, and this is going back and forth. And I'm like, what? I can't believe you're sitting here arguing with yourself. Just do it. And, and it just wasn't coming out. Finally, I said, that's it. Devil, out the window. And I tapped her. I said, Jesse, I said, you're a good pilot. It's obvious, and I'm comfortable with that. But I want to be crystal clear about something before we go any further. I'm a God-fearing, praying, believing man. My son-in-law is too, and God's going to land this plane. You'll drive it. He's going to use you, but he's going to land it. About that time, the fifth cylinder went out. So we got two cylinders blown and a six-cylinder engine. Oil's going just like this. The engine should not have ran. I know a little bit about automotive. Engine can't run with two cylinders blown and no oil. That engine ran perfectly fine. We had fire department and all stuff out there. We landed perfectly fine, smooth as silk. Drove over to the little thing, got out, looking at the plane, solid oil, all underneath the plane, puddle just dripping everywhere, and we were perfectly fine. And the minute I said that to her, I got a book, and I read the last seven minutes of that flight. It, it was the most awesome feeling. I think we underestimate miracles today. We underestimate miracles, and I don't want to do that. I want to speak up. It's good. Give it up for Waylon, everybody. What does that story have to do with single, married, and staying celibate? He was struggling with something. And they, the other part of the story that he hasn't told you is we've been talking prior to that. And he said, Dan, I finally got out of the way and I'm just going to give it to God. And stepped out of the way. Stopped wrestling, stopped fighting, and surrendered. And when he surrendered... All of a sudden, God put him in a situation to test his faith. When we surrender, sometimes we discount that now the test of faith is coming. And sometimes marriage is a lot like taking off in a plane. 
You're getting in. You're excited. It's going to be awesome. It's great. It's beautiful. And all of a sudden, bang, something happens and you weren't expecting it. Now it's time for your faith to rise up and say, no, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I know my purpose. He knew what his mission was. He knew that God wasn't done with him yet. He had been called, and every one of us have been called, single, married, family or not. You've been called with a purpose, and God has given you a purpose. Are you on mission? Because if you're on mission and you're acting in faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, not the evidence of things seen. Two cylinders down in a six-cylinder engine. No oil. Engines don't run. Sometimes the oil comes flying out of your marriage. Sometimes a cylinder gets blown because a job gets lost or someone says something dumb. But you've got to be on mission. And when you're on mission and you speak to it in faith and said, no, we're going to be fine. You've never leave me. You've never forgotten me. You've never failed me, God. He's going to land your life and keep you right on mission and give you a story of miracles. But you've got to stay on mission you got to stand in that battle because not one of you in here want to trade with Waylon about going up in that plane this week, do you? No. Nobody's like, mm, I wish that was my story this week. You're like, uh, I'm going to drive 71. It's less dangerous. No, it's not. We don't want to go through what we have to go through in order to get where God wants us to get. If we don't go through what God wants us to go through to get where he wants to get us, we won't have the story to tell people and the testimony that could save them from the very same dangers. And God wants to use your story. Your story, if you're single, is not done. And it's not completed by someone. Your story is to be written by God. You must stop and listen and hear his word. And if you're married, it's time to lead like God called you to lead. If you're a wife or you're a husband, it doesn't matter. It's mutual submission. And you both lead with love in such a way that the next generation says, I want that. Because what the media is selling me isn't working. But I'm here to explain to you, the church has to show an example that is working. Otherwise, what do we expect them to buy into? And it's our jobs as men and women to lead in such a way, in surrender to God, where he can do so much more than we could ever dream, we could ever ask, we could ever think. I never thought I'd live in Texas but I got here as soon as I could. I never thought I'd marry a woman. That is that good. Because I don't deserve it. I never thought I'd have kids. They're as great as my kids are. I never thought I'd get to stand on a pulpit and preach God's word, not my life. But man, when you surrender, God can take that clay of your life and work it and work it and work it. And if you don't give up, he will fashion you into the exact tool that you were designed to be to accomplish the task that needs to be done in this earth if you don't give up. Would you bow your heads with me?
You were designed for community. You were designed to be a part of something bigger than yourself. In a moment, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table. And that continues to be a connection point for us. He left us and said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. The great connector is Jesus Christ. Without his story of dying on Calvary, hanging from a tree and rising again on the third day, none of this is possible. But because it, everything is possible. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as I pray over you. But I want you to, maybe with your heads bowed right there where you're standing, contemplate where are you at? What needs to shift? What needs to move? Maybe you're single and it's just a season. Handle it with dignity. Celibacy is key. Don't give away what God gave to you that's so precious. Maybe you're single and it's just a season because God hasn't brought that person just yet. You stay faithful. You stay right on his path in community. And maybe you're married. And maybe your relationship is great, but you've got to get back to work of stoking the fire of the love relationship between you and your husband or your wife. Or maybe your relationship is struggling. And it's time to dig in one more time and go, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I love you. I don't want to fight. I want to fight for God, not with you. As the worship band leads us, we're going to take communion. But I would encourage you to do business with God right where you are, whatever your situation is, whatever your context is, to ask God for the help you need to do what you need to do to stay on mission so you can see his miracles. We're going to ask that you exit out the right side of your aisle and this side will come around and take communion and then come back in and over here you'll exit out the right side of your aisle and come back around. The ushers will release you and kind of help guide you through that process. And we believe in open communion here. You don't have to be a member here. You have to be human and understand that you don't have it all worked out. You're not perfect. There's no one perfect here. We're all just working in the same direction. So I'm going to pray for you and then please, as the band leads, go ahead and partake in communion. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our presence. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the mission and the purpose and the goals and the dreams that you've given us. Lord, would you give us the wisdom and the discernment, Lord, to stay on point, to stay focused to what you have for us, to not compromise, but instead see you through. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, regardless of our circumstance or our context, God, we know that you have miracles and you have a mission, God. For each and every one of us, I pray that we would recognize your mission and recognize our opportunities to step out of faith. I pray your blessing over every person that's here, whether single, for a season, or single as a calling, or Lord, a married as a calling, I pray your blessing on these homes and these people, that you give them your wisdom, your mercy, your grace, and your love. That, God, we would be salt and light in our community. 
that God, we would be the ones who stand up and stand out for you. And we do all of this in the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. There are the prayer team here. If you need prayer for anything or if you just want to connect with someone, they are here to pray for you. Please take advantage of that. God bless and have a great day.